The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus well, we may be taking the show on the road on Monday, July 31st at Barbell in Rochester, but we are outside on a football field talking to you on this It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast. Sal Capaccio and Matt Bove. The rain has gone away, Matt, which allowed us to come out here and do this. Yes, a little bit. This is actually kind of a twofer because we're watching practice. We're recording the podcast. We wanted to make sure that we got everybody an episode as soon as possible. We're towards the end of the second practice, so we can kind of do a little bit of live play-by-play for you while we're watching practice. But I think the main thing I want to talk about really in this entire episode is during the early days of training camp, the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, during those early days, there's still so much acclimation going on. These guys are not in pads. I don't want to take too much away from, oh, the offense didn't look great today, or, oh, the defense looked really good, or vice versa. The offense looked a little bit better. The defense was struggling. I think that's a little bit overblown, but I do want to kind of highlight some of the players who have been lining up with the starters because this year, for the first time in a while, we are now allowed to tell you that on days when fans are here, which makes a lot of sense. If there's a fan sitting watching practice, they can go, oh, look, Ryan Bates and Connor McGovern are the starting guards. Now we're actually able to tell you that, which is kind of nice, and there's some interesting positions that I think we want to highlight. For sure. In fact, now that we're standing here, I see the offense is blocking us. We will move down here a little bit if you want. We're actually going to do this live as we walk by so we can see what's happening on the field and tell you a little bit. Let's set it up, though, what we can and can't say. We could tell you who's starting. First team, second team. We can't tell you what personnel packages they're using. We can't do a specific, uh, this guy ran a certain route and he was covered by this guy necessarily. Um, But we could tell you, like I said, first team, second team. And that's what we're going to do here because I think the big news is through the first couple days as Stephon Diggs makes a sliding grab, um, I can tell you Josh Allen is the starting quarterback, of course, and that was who it was from. Um, I think the big news is really the spots we've been looking at. 
Let's start with corner. Yeah. Christian Benford out here starting today. Yesterday, first day, day one, it was Dane, Dane Jackson. Jackson. Now, I wonder if day three, we'll see if that goes to Kyrie Elam. But so far, it's not been Elam. It's only been the other two. I just have a feeling about Christian Benford. I don't know what it is. I think this was an incredibly important camp. It is an incredibly important camp for Kyrie Elam. But from what we've seen of Benford when he has been able to play and also the way that Brandon Bean talked about him after the first day, I think they just really like the way he handles himself. I think Christian Benford may have be- has become my favorite to win the job at cornerback two. It's really, really early, and that's not from anything we've seen on the field. It's from the way that his general manager and his peers have talked about him. I think they really, really like him. You say it hasn't been necessarily in the field. He did have the play of the day, maybe day one, on when he undercutted Stefan Diggs and made an interception. I think it would have been a holding penalty. And actually, Josh Allen was very, very adamant about that. So when you see everybody reporting and writing, there was an interception on the goal line. Christian Benford made the play. He also basically tackled Stefan Diggs before he intercepted him. It was a 50-50 ball to an extent, so I guess it just depends on the person. I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm just saying... That's why sometimes you got to kind of take those with a grain of salt. It's interesting you bring that up. Remember last year, he was really grabby when we started they camp. Put him, they put they, him in the boxing gloves. That's right. So you hope that something like that doesn't come up again. And remember last year, he also hurt his hand. He didn't have a full season. So, he, you know, now it's year two. Hopefully he's learned a lot of lessons from that. But I think it's interesting that you bring that up. Kyrie Elam is now running with the next group of defenders on the field and a really nice catch and throw and catch from Barkley to Trent Sherfield. We'll talk about the receivers in a minute. Let's stay on the defensive side. Same thing happening at middle linebacker that happened at corner the first two days. Two different players. Day one, Tyrell Dodson. Day two, Tyrell Bernard. Now, we have not seen Dorian Williams at Mike yet starting. Sean McDermott went on WGR on the Howard and uh, Howard, I'm sorry, on the uh, Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase on Jeremy White show with Joe DiBiase and he said Dorian Williams is playing more of the will linebacker right now. Yeah. So I don't know if I even expect him to be lining up here at Mike. Old habits die hard, by the way, with the whole Howard Simon thing. I still yes. sometimes say Eyewitness News. We're no longer Eyewitness <laughs> News. But I'll say, like, oh, you're watching 7 Eyewitness News. That is no longer the case. So, yeah, I think that that was probably how we thought it would play out. I think Dodson is the most experienced of the three who we think are the front runners to win that job. It made sense that he got the first shot at the first rep. Terrell Bernard has another year of experience compared to Dorian Williams. So, I don't know what's going to play out there. I think I would say Dodson's probably the front runner at this point. The way Von Miller was talking about it yesterday, it sounds like he's the front runner to be the middle linebacker. And also interesting, Sean McDermott did say, although some teams kind of have their communication handled by other positions, other players, he wants the middle linebacker to be the voice of the defense, the communicator of the defense. So that adds just another layer of responsibility that I think you've probably taken for granted for the last several years with Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, he said... Ideally, that's the case. He said he's open to someone doing it, but you know that that's just not really how this defense is going to function or most defenses function. Who would it be? Matt Milano? I don't think you really want to put that in his play. He needs to think fast at the linebacker spot. And, you know, Micah Hyde, who's back there. Micah Hyde at his age, I'm not so sure he's going to be on the field 100% of the time to be able to do that. So you want somebody who has a little bit of experience. So let's get back to Dorian Williams. Never a surprise to me. When he was drafted... I said, look, I think this guy projects as a will linebacker. He might be able to play Mike, but that would be a lot to put on his plate. Think about Matt. It's not just a rookie. It's a rookie calling the plays in the middle of a defense with the head coach as the play caller for the first time 
For a team with Super Bowl aspirations, that's a lot to ask. Yeah, and I feel like the skill set from what we've seen early on makes sense that he could be somebody who learns from Matt Milano. Maybe eventually he can make that transition. Maybe that happens sooner rather than later. But that was kind of their vision early on for him. And then they switched their tune 24 hours later, the next time we heard from Brandon Bean. So... It's not a massive surprise. I think I said on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I thought he could sneakily contend for the job. But now thinking of the way they handle things, the very early days of camp, I would say Dodson probably is lining up next to Matt Milano for the first game of the season. But, you know, there's still so many more practices, so many things left to happen. We need to see these guys in an actual preseason game. Heck, we need to see these guys in pads before we can start really knowing how this is going to shape out. A.J. Klein also mentioned by Sean McDermott, as a guy playing the middle linebacker spot. Now, you know what you get in A.J. Klein. He's a veteran. He's going to be able to, you know, he's better north-south than he is sideline to sideline. He's probably not a three-down linebacker. But at the same time, A.J. Klein is a person I think they do feel comfortable to rely on. If, let's just say, Matt, the scenario is, boy, I'm not really sure if Terrell Bernard can handle the rigors of the run game. is a little bit undersized. Boy, I'm not really sure Tyrell Dodson is going to be the coverage linebacker we want. You know what? I think we could at least go to A.J. Klein to stabilize the position. I could see a scenario like that, but it would take a set of circumstances for me for A.J. Klein to be that guy. I feel like it's almost the same conversation with Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, and Kyrie Elam. You know what you're getting out of Dane Jackson. You know what you're getting out of A.J. Klein. If those are positions that you just want to be steady and you think the upside of the rest of your roster will be able to kind of lift your defense to the level it needs to be, those are probably decisions that you make. But I still like the idea of, you know, swinging for the fences and I think that's going to ultimately happen and while we were talking a really really nice play from Josh Allen to Dalton Kincaid we can't tell you the type of route but I can tell you it was not a short pass and it led to a nice little applause from the crowd here I can tell you Josh Allen rolled out he hit him on the run he hit him on the run but it was a really nice play and that's why you heard that and let's talk about the offense let's go to that side of the ball we'll start with tight ends and you just said it Dalton Kincaid um, first impressions the first couple of days, including what you just saw in that play right there. Looks good. Looks good. Looks like an athlete. Looks like a playmaker. Looks like somebody who I think they're going to use a lot. I think there was a reason that Sean McDermott kind of especially pointed him out before they even had their first practice. And he said he's heard the noise. He's seen it on TV. He's read it in the papers that, you know, he's getting compared to Travis Kelsey. He did not mention Travis Kelsey's name, but he basically said, can we let this guy get one practice into training camp before we start talking about, you know, comparisons and projections or anything like that? This team has historically, with this front office and coaching staff, eased rookies into things. The only exceptions, there are very, very few of them. I think Dalton Kincaid might break the mold. I think Dalton Kincaid's going to be on the field a lot, and I think if you're in a fantasy football league, I think I'm drafting him and not Dawson Knox. I think the upside with Kincaid is greater than the upside with Knox. I think Knox might finish with more touchdowns, but I think Kincaid might actually out-reception Knox when all is said and done. But I don't want to, like, be the exact thing that McDermott was talking about. It is early. Let's see this kid in a preseason game. But so far, so good for him. He looks really impressive. There is another rookie on offense that's been getting a look. Let's talk about him. 